We want to bless the name of Jesus for always giving us the grace and the ability uh, to come always and minister unto you the word of his grace. We are the Freedom Exchange Ministry and I am Pastor Dennis. We have our long teachings on this wonderful program called the Freedom Streams. Now, in case you want to catch up with the Freedom Streams on our radio, always listen to Freedom Experience Radio. You can find it globally in all the global directories. But also, you can find it on our application, Freedom Experience app. Uh, you get to listen to Freedom Experience Radio early every morning at 9 a.m. and at uh, 1 p.m. and even at 6 in the evening even at 3 a.m. in the morning. All these are the slots whereby we are ministering the word of God on a daily basis. And also you can even uh, listen to Experiencing Christ Teaching Radio. This we run 24-7 with our teachings, both interpreted and English-based teachings and sermons. But also you can find our static audios on demand those are the podcast in our podcast platforms and the Lord shall bless you uh, we trust the Holy Spirit that uh, we have been graced to carry on a mandate to continue to reflect the reality in the word of God reveal the mystery that has been revealed in the New Testament show the, the body of Christ the deeper revelation in the word of God now to take Christ in a subjective way and uh, how to learn to express him to others and even to dispense him to others so that the body is ministered unto and even each one of us is benefiting from each other because of what we have received and you see this is our mandate to dispense the Christ we have experienced in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you that the same Christ works for you, works in your life, and even becomes your portion day by day in a living and subjective way. Your enjoyment. We want to continue with our ministry of the word, whereby we are talking about God and his work. We have seen previously up to 21 works that are different that God was doing in the New Testament. Before the New Testament, we had several works that God the Father was doing in the Old Testament. Before the Old Testament still, we had works that God was doing in eternity past before creation. So this is a working God. And now we want to continue in the same message to consider more aspects of God's work in the new dispensation. This is going to be our 22nd work. So, in, in his work in the, in the New Testament, God went on to call. That is calling, forgiving, justifying, reconciling, receiving, regenerating, washing, sanctifying, glorifying believers. This was a great work that God the Father went on to carry out and this work is still carrying it out. Calling God's work includes His calling, forgiving. When He calls you, you get saved. He forgives your sin. He justifies, which we have called justifying, reconciling, receiving, regenerating, washing, sanctifying, and glorifying believers. 
and we are going to briefly consider these matters one by one because this is another level of God's work within the believers. We have seen that he has done a lot with Christ. Now we see that he has entered into us as the spirit after the outpouring to those that have believed. Then what happens is that he's going to number to save, forgive, to justify, to reconcile, to receive us, to regenerate us, to wash us, sanctify us, glorify us as the believers. That will be conclusion the consummation so we are starting with the a which is calling the believers romans 8:30 speaks of god uh, that says that whom he predestinated those he also called and whom he called those he also justified and whom he justified is he also glorified and here we see that uh, we have been called by god you to get saved it's because God called you just as he called Abraham. So according to 1 Corinthians 1.9, God has called us into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. So when we got saved, it was a call an invitation to come and have fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 uh, that's what it says 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 9. So we see that uh, to be called into the fellowship of God's Son, be called into the fellowship of God's Son, is uh, to be called into the partaking of, to be a sharer, a participating in, to participate in His Son. In other words, from the day you receive Jesus Christ, you don't have to be dormant. You must participate. You must do something because working God is within you. So you need to partake of Christ and to participate in Christ. This is to be called to partake. Partake of and to participate in this all-inclusive Christ. Because Christ is all-inclusive, there is a lot of things that is going on within him and you need to be part of whatever is in this Christ. And God has called us into such a fellowship. So that we may partake of and even participate in Christ, enjoying him as our God-given portion. This is why we always emphasize and encourage people that once you get saved, you don't need to sit around. Just know that God is waiting for you. Inside you, there is a busy traffic going on. There is an an all-inclusive Christ that is waiting you to be uh, a partaker of and even to participate that is what we call fellowship. So when we come to first when we come to first Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 12 it says that God has called us God has called us into his own kingdom and glory. He has called us into his own kingdom and glory. So the kingdom here is the sphere in which the believers worship and enjoy God under the divine ruling with the view of entering into his glory. Praise the name of Jesus. So Paul speaks of what is calling in in the second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 and verse 14. He says, God chose you from the beginning unto salvation in sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth which also he called you through our gospel 
unto the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse thirteen and fourteen. Now, when he says which, which the word which is a pronoun that we see in verse fourteen, it refers to salvation and belief. That we have seen in verse thirteen, God chose us unto salvation and belief have a belief in eternity and then in time he called us to salvation and belief praise the name of Jesus so unto the obtaining of the glory of our Lord so salvation in sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth the other procedures procedures obtaining the, uh, the the glory of our Lord is the, the is the goal whereas salvation in sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth they are procedures obtaining the glory of our Lord is the goal or the target praise the name of Jesus so this is the breakdown of second Thronians 3 13 14. When you come to First Timothy chapter one, rather Second Timothy chapter one verse nine, Paul says that God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose. He has saved us. He has not only saved us to enjoy His blessing, but He has called us with a holy calling, calling for a particular cause. That is to fulfill his purpose. He has not saved us that we should go to heaven. You see, most of us we say he saves us that we go to heaven, that we don't go to the lake of fire. But we should know that there is a higher calling, a holy calling, whereby there is a particular cause that is to fulfill his purpose. And you ask, what is the purpose? The purpose here is God's plan according to his will place us into Christ making us one with him to share his life and position so that we may be his testimony this is why he calls us this is why he saves us there is a particular cause he wants us to fulfill his purpose which is God's plan according to his will this one Ephesians Gave us chapter one, uh, gave us the 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 the, the will the, the will of God. He's calling us. He's, he wants us to be placed into Christ, making us one with Him, to share His life and even the position, so that we may be His testimony. In that, when they, the the universe looks at us, they see Christ. When they look at us, they see. When they look at us, they see a manifestation of this God and the expression of this God. We become his testimony, is Jesus. So, you see here in his second episode, Peter gives us a word regarding God's calling, saying that God has called us to his own glory and virtue. Second Peter 1.3 He has called us to glory and virtue. Remember, glory is the expression of God. God expressed in splendor is what we call glory. 
the Greek word for virtue means excellency. Excellency. So virtue denotes the energy of life to overcome all obstacles and to carry out all excellent attributes of God. That is virtue. When the Bible says that God has called us to glory, that is to express him. Because glory is the expression of God. To express a God in his splendor. But when it says he has called us to virtue, meaning that he has called us to excellency. Because virtue denotes the energy of life. If we have the life of God, we, it is seen by the energy it it carries. Energy of life to overcome all obstacles. To carry out all excellent attributes of God. Remember we talked about, I believe there were about 29 attributes of God. But we should carry them out to express the glory of God as we are walking our Christian life. Glory to God. So, glory is the divine goal and virtue is the energy. That is the strength of life to reach the divine goal which is glory. So, the entire uh, the consummation of our calling is glory. But for us to reach to that level of glory, we need virtue which is the energy of life overcome all obstacles. Hallelujah. As we display the excellent attributes of God. So when we come back to First Peter chapter 2 verse 9, we are told that God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here we see that darkness is the expression and sphere of Satan in death. Well, as light is the expression and sphere of God in life. So God has called us, delivered us from out of dark, Satan's death, death realm of darkness, into his life realm of light. The same applies to Acts chapter 26 verse 18. Bible says uh, uh, in Acts 26, this was Paul trying to uh, tell people the calling that was upon him. Jesus told him, I've called you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. They may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. And even when you come to Colossians 1.13, we see that we are translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his marvelous light is the name of Jesus. That is one of the uh, aspects we are talking about, calling the believers as God's work. And when he called us, I've told you, he has called us unto glory and virtue. So we shall continue with our part B, which is forgiving the believers. Forgiving the believers. Hallelujah. So, in addition to calling us, God has forgiven us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 tells us that God in Christ forgave us. But when we come to Colossians 2.13, it says that God has forgiven us all offenses. Now, according to Hebrews 8.12, 
God will by no means remember our sins. When he forgives us, he forgets our sins. If you are sure that he has forgiven you, it is because he has forgotten already. So God will by no means remember our sins. This means that God will forget our sins. The only thing that God allows and accepts to forget is our sins. To forgive means to forget. And for the forgetting of, of sins is a real forgiveness of sin. There are some people that say, I forgive you, but he's still remembering what a person did. Is the name of Jesus. So to forgive is to forget. Without forgetting, forgiveness is not real. Therefore, God not only forgave us, forgives us our sins, but he also forgets them. He forgets our sins. Glory to God. So first John chapter 1 9 says that God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. And forgive us is to release us from the offense of our sins. So the forgiveness of sins is the basic element of God's gospel. When you read the book of Luke chapter 24 verse 47 I'll read some verses. The Bible says in verses 47 and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. When you come to Acts chapter 5 verses 31 we see still that uh, him as God exalted with his right hand be a prince and savior or to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. You can even read Acts chapter 10 verse 43, Acts chapter 13 verse 38. See that the forgiveness of sins is the basic element of God's gospel. The gospel is preached number to forgive us of our sins and uh, we see that we come into other aspects. So through this, we see that the believers who receive Christ become the children of God. Why? Because he has forgiven them of their sins. And this is why the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12, we become uh, the children of God. It says, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven. You or his name's sake, sins have been forgiven. When you see John 1 12 to 13, it says, And those that believed in him, he gave them the authority to be children. And if children, it means because our sins have been forgiven. We shall continue to part C, uh, which is justifying the believers. God went on to work a work of justifying believers. Glory to Jesus. So, here we see that a number of verses in Romans speak of God justifying the believers. For example, Romans 8.30 says that those whom he called, these he also justified. And when you come to Romans 8.33, B declares that it is God who justifies. Now, according to Romans 3.24, the Bible says that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus. For God is just and justifies 
the one who is of the faith of Jesus. That is verse 26 of Romans 23. We've read 24 and 26. Now, we see that here, justification is God's action in approving people according to his standard of righteousness. Justification is God's action in approving people according to his standard of righteousness. So God's righteousness is the standard, not ours. Because our righteousness cannot reach the standard of God. But his righteousness is his standard. No matter how righteous we say we are, we cannot be approved by God according to our righteousness. Praise the name of Jesus. So, although we may be right with everyone, may be right with our parents, right with our children, right with our neighbors, right with our friends, our righteousness will never justify us before God. We need Christ's righteousness. We may justify ourselves according to our standard of righteousness. But this does not enable us to be justified by God according to his standard. But when God justifies us, we are approved by him according to the standard of his righteousness. Glory to Jesus. So, the question would be, how can God justify us, approve, approving us according to his standard of righteousness? The answer is, he can do this because a work of justification is based on the redemption of Christ. The work of justification does not base upon our works it bases on the redemption of Christ. If Christ redeemed us by his blood and we are justified and the redemption of Christ is applied to us, we are justified. If there were no such redemption then it would be impossible for us to be justified by God. So Christ's redemption is the basis of God's justification. Justification. We are justified because he redeemed us. Praise the name of the Lord. So, when you look into Romans chapter 3, verses 30, Paul says, It is one God who shall justify circumcision out of faith and the uncircumcision through faith. He says that God is one. This one God justifies both the Jews and the Gentiles. So whether we are Jews or Gentiles, it is the one God who justifies all for us so that we may be one as the body of Christ. Hallelujah. We proceed to D, which is another work of God. That is reconciling the believers. Reconciling the believers. So God has also reconciled us to himself. When you read the book of Romans chapter 5, Verses 10. The scripture says that while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. And when you come to Colossians 1.21 and verse 22, it also indicates that as enemies, we have been reconciled to God. So originally we were not only sinners, but we are also enemies of God. And through the redeeming death of Christ, God has justified us, sinners, 
and has reconciled us, his enemies, to himself. That means that sinners are justified, but enemies are reconciled. Because we are sinners, we needed redemption, blood of Jesus, to buy us. Yet because we were also enemies of God, we needed reconciliation to him. So this took place when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We were reconciled. We have received God's justification and reconciliation by faith. Praise the name of Jesus. Colossians 1.20 and verse 22 tells us that it was through Christ as the active instrument that God's work of reconciliation was processed that reconcile us to God is to make peace with God for us and that this was accomplished through the blood of Christ through the death of Christ God has reconciled us to himself in order that we may be presented holy, blameless and without reproach before him that is what Colossians 1 20 and 22 is all about now, we continue to E, another work of God is that receiving the believers. He went on to receive us after reconciling us. Romans chapter 14 verses 3 indicates that God receives the believers. God receives us according to his son. As long as a person receives his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, you see that as his savior God receives him immediately praise the name of Jesus so God is God is receiving is based on Christ's receiving and Christ's receiving is in accordance with our faith in him so we see that God receives the believers and he receives us according to Jesus Christ and as long as a person receives his son See, our Lord Jesus Christ is that as his Savior, God receives him. The moment a person believes in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, then God automatically receives him immediately. So the only way we are received by God is to receive his Son. God is receiving is based on Christ's receiving. If you don't receive Christ, God will not receive you. You see, Christ is receiving is in accordance with our faith in him. If we don't believe in Christ, he cannot receive us unto salvation. Once we have believed in Christ, then we are received by God. What is receiving ushers us into the enjoyment of the triune God and all that he has prepared and accomplished in Christ for us as our eternal portion. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to stop here because of our time. We shall continue. We shall continue uh, seeing these aspects of God's work in us, the believers. We have seen today that uh, number one in his work went on to call us, forgive us, justifying us, reconciling us, and we have stopped at receiving us. Next time we shall continue from there uh, to see what happens next uh, after we have been received. Praise the name of Jesus. May the living God bless you. 
This is Pastor Dennis, Matter of Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda.